the Edinburgh Football Podcast is brought to association with Nicholson Joinery Limited. Yes, welcome another week of the Edinburgh Football Podcast. Just myself, Andrew, and Callum again this week. Like, like old times, Ross says if he's no bowling, he's golfing. Um, he's maybe just seen it as a good luck charm every time he's no on Hearts have a decent result. So maybe he's just thinking he might keep that going. <laughs> um, so here we are. But Callum, the big announcement before we get started, I think everyone. Well, it seems to be. I know it was seven out of twelve Premiership teams have announced, but it's well. There's no reason why it shouldn't be. We're back to full grounds again. Um, not seen, not seen too. I mean, I've only been to lower league games so far, so to be honest, it's felt pretty normal in that sense in terms of attendance size. But uh, you've been at, you've obviously been at uh, Hibs games and things, so I would imagine a welcome return to bigger capacity. Because you were saying yesterday, even at the Hibs Ross County game. You can you can tell twenty thousand seater stand uh, stadium only four and a bit thousand there. Well, no, there was there was five five steps there yesterday, but it's it's more just you know it's I don't know like you're never going to get a big atmosphere at home in Ross County. You know I think that that's always been the case, but I think that with if there had been a normal crowd there, the singing section would have been and it's normal for it's actually moved now. It's actually. Um, just near to where my season ticket is, so I, I don't know. I don't know how I'll feel about that. Uh, I think during big games I'll enjoy it, but <laughs> I think when you know, like, like I say, you know, your your Ross Counties etc. at home, where I kind of just want to watch the game and enjoy the football. I don't need a drum for ninety minutes in my ear, but um, no, it's a willing sacrifice for the, for the big games. So it's it's obviously been missing something. I think the worst part of it is season ticket holders haven't been able to get into games so I'm not too fussed about what the 10 other clubs in the Scottish Premiership are doing I'm just delighted that Edinburgh City Council have seen some sense and Hibs and Hearts can welcome a full full ground for for games coming up and yep. I mean what because I know, I know Hibs will have they're at home in the League Cup this weekend but there's work going on in the south and the north side, so the famous five in the, in the away end. So it will just be the west and the east that's open, but to be fair, these sort of rounds of the League Cup, I don't think that that'll be too much of a problem. Whereas, you know, Hearts' next game at home is the Aberdeen in the league. And what a full house for that, because that'll be, I'm sure we'll go on to speak about the fact that both teams' 100% records. What an absolute super Sunday yeah. that could be. I think you're also seeing, you know, the games that I've watched so far, Cal, I've watched quite a lot of games on TV, be it Europe. I've actually watched quite a lot of Scottish teams in Europe. Uh, practically every team, actually, I've seen in Europe this season. And you can really tell, and obviously in all the Hibs games so far, you can really tell uh, if you were to go and watch games from last season compared to this season, you know, what's going on in the pitch is such a difference. You know, there's a, there is that, and we spoke about it before, is that, it was, and I don't care what anyone said. Is it, it had that training element to it, didn't it? Almost last year, that kind of real friendly that goalkeepers would just pass the ball five yards to a centre back who would then, because there was no crowd to start putting them under pressure and getting them nervous. So, I'm, I, all the games I've watched so far have been great. Um, so long may it continue as the season goes forward. I got I got home from from the football on Sunday there and I put the telly on and we wo- uh, watched the last few minutes of Coventry against Nottingham Forest and I was delighted to see Scott McKenna make an absolute love to himself but the, the last minute winner 
by uh, the boy was at McFadden or something, and the app, there's just the noise and everything and the crowd, etc. And it's just that's what you've been missing, you know. Yes. I, it's oh, it's it's so good to be back, but I, I'll be delighted to get back to my own seat and enjoy the game. Oh, what's happening next game? So in a few weeks' time. Yeah. Okay then. That's that's the that's the good news. The bad news. Predictionally, Callum's had another stormer again. <laughs> uh, do you know, I, I'm, I'm going to... Um, one of the long-time fans of the show, and we're big fans of him, to be fair, um, because he's, he's an ardent fan of us. Uh, Graham K came up with uh, three correct scores this week, two results, 11 points. You know, he equals the top scoring record that um, you know, he joins Susan and Ashley Blythe as... That, that record holder, but it is cruelly taken away from him by this guy. <laughs> uh, 12 points. 12 pointer. And three results. And top of the league is, oh, there's a gap now. There is there is daylight. Between, I mean, because, you know, last week I think Susan was sitting second. Not a great week. Not a great week for Susan. Uh, so I think because I sent the results off today, I think I think Susan got five points this week, five or six points. A lot of people, to be fair, uh, two one hearts I think was the most popular score. So mm. a lot of people got one correct score this week. There was a lot of fives and sixes. There wasn't um, there wasn't too many poor scores. We've still not had a zero yet, which is always always good. But at this moment in time. I, I don't know if, if we're in this position towards the end of the season I don't know if, if we should win it uh, one of us I'm sure buyers would sit here and be like no I'd love to win it but let's oh, we'll, it do a, we... we'll, we'll, we'll do a Stevie Gerrard for Liverpool like one of us will have to slip up at the end like... that's it that's exactly <laughs> he, he wouldn't give it up but no I think we'll see, we'll see how it goes but right now I'm going to milk it for everything that it's worth tell you what some and... two weeks you've had 11, 11 points one week and 12 the next Honestly, oh. it's, it's, it's tough at the top. Calm, calm, you're doing a double B here. You've got more points this season than you yeah. have in your <laughs> the previous three <laughs> combined, probably. Like, the, the, the table from the first year that we did it, and I'm sitting like 17th. Yeah. It's like absolutely ridiculous. Callum Dalby star, Graham. There we are. Outstanding. <laughs> okay, then. Oh, okay, okay, fair, fair. Right. So the agenda after the prediction league there, we're going to go on to Hearts now. So, listen, really good start to the league. And interestingly, I think we, you know, we spoke about these are the type of games where we'll start to know what Hearts are all about this season in terms of they'll probably have more of the ball. Uh, how would they break teams down? I did think there'd be goals in this game. I predicted Desmond actually predicted 2-2. So I knew Hearts would go through, go through there and score goals because I don't think St Mirren are defensively great. But um, you know what, resolute would have helped with the ten mate. You know, Smith and Smith and get a goal back with five minutes to go. Boy gets set off straight away, which obviously helped Hearts. If if Smith had kept their eleven men in the park, could they have snuck one more chance? Probably. But um, you know, they're big players, big players stepping up. Big big plaudits again for for Suter, uh, Nandali again. I mentioned him against Celtic. I thought he did really well when he came off the bench. Gets big plaudits again. Um, coming off the bench at the weekend, but boys on the score sheet, Haldy on the score sheet, um, 
listen, away from home, three points. We spoke about Hibs. Doesn't matter how you you know how you do it. Three points is key, and Hearts have done that. And it was important that they won Calm after that win against Parkhead, uh, win against Celtic. Sorry, on the opening day, they had to back up with a win to make that a good start. If they drop points on that game against St Mirren, it almost cancels out that win against Celtic, doesn't it? So massive three points for Hearts. I think yeah. Let's let's be honest here. Before before the start of the season, the three of us sat here and we all felt <laughs> negative about Hearts, but we said, you know, if if one or two additions can be made, Hearts can challenge for Europe, etc. But if the squad was the way it was, then it's a battle for top six for for Hearts throughout the season. But look, Robbie Nielsen was he under pressure towards the end of last season? Probably, I think. Uh, wasn't brilliant from Hearts last year, but the Betfred exemplary, fantastic, you know, go through that unbeaten. And then the start to the season, find me a Hearts fan that had Hearts six points for six, hmm. because even even the most ardent of Hearts fans wouldn't have been thinking about this start. It's, it's a fantastic start, I think, that you've got to praise uh, Robbie Nielsen, he's, you know, we've made changes in the first game to get the result, and I think that he's getting the best out of his players. I think Liam Boyce is relishing the sort of leadership role that he's got at the top of the park. Uh, he was very clever for the opening goal. The, he sees that Hearts are a little bit compact. He goes, he drives, goes out wide, drives a few players away from him. Halliday makes the run at the boss. It's a good finish from Andy Halliday. Clearly, he listens to the podcast and <laughs> probably wasn't what we were saying last week. And uh, thought he'd put on a performance. I think that Mikey Stewart, who was on the sports scene last night, I watched Mikey Stewart was saying, uh, he, he basically quoting you word for, from word about how uh, with Dundee United uh, against the, the teams that are expected to have the ball, you know, they... they because he compared Hearts with Dundee United so it was with the teams that are going to have a lot of the ball that's where you're going to see good performances but you know Hearts when they're expected to have a lot of the ball that's where they'll be tested and yeah. look I think um, a lot of people look at this result and say oh it's only St Mirren Hearts should be winning this game and yeah Hearts should be winning this game but you look at some of the stats that's Hearts first win there since 2010 in the league those like you cannot overlook stats like that. Mm-hmm. This is if Hearts had put that performance in eighteen months ago, they don't get relegated, you know, does or demoted or whatever you want to say. So yeah. that's it's massive for Hearts to like they're they're away from we've spoken about it umpteen times on this show. It's not good enough. They've put a performance in away from home, they've backed up a big result, they're sitting suddenly now joint top, six from six, and you know, it's looking rosy in the garden. Yeah. And, and uh, it is. And you know something, Carl, I'm just looking at I'm, I'm at Hearts and I know that people speak about, you know, Robin Nielsen being being a wee bit defensively a bit more defensive defensive minded, but you know, there, there's there's different ways of playing football. All that matters is to getting three points on the board. And I've I've looked at Hearts, Calum, and I'm just going back through all their fixtures here. And the last time they conceded more than one goal in a game was a way back against Queen of the South after the game after they got beat off Brora actually uh, 27th of March was the last time that they conceded more than one goal they conceded three that day and since then they went on that amazing clean sheet run and then uh, that continued in the Betfred 
and then there was they conceded one goal against Celtic and one goal against St Mirren. But when you're getting clean sheets or not conceding a lot of goals, it does give you such you know such a platform to go and win games of football, and that will be important in this league. You know, people speak. You know, you've got to outscore opponents. Of course, you do. You know, you've got to outscore outscore your opponents to win the game. But if they're defensively solid with Halkett and Suter, they've not played a lot of football together, let's be honest, so the more they play, they're going to get better. Gordon behind them, you know, I think it gives Hearts a really good platform to have a really good season. Will the lack of creativity, you know, catch them out at times? Yes, but when you're defensively solid, it does give you a right good platform. And, you know, I'm looking at their first six six games here, Cam, you know, when, you, when I think managers, I think Jack Ross spoke about it last week, Robin Nielsen may have spoke about it as well, when they break up, they break up at the games at the six, don't they? And, and how many, how many games, how many points they take from, uh, from eighteen? And I'm looking at Hearts start. They've got Aberdeen, Hibs, and Celtic in their opening six games, but all three of those games are at home. That'll be a massive advantage as well for Hearts because we know how good they can be at Tynecastle, Cal. Well, I mean, you've got to think. Um, I'm fairly certain it's the twelfth of September. That is, yeah, uh, the season. I think you're looking at that, and you know, Hart, I think. If you look at Hibs fixtures, that's that's Hibs' first big test for for me. Uh, but Hearts will have had the benefit of playing Aberdeen and and Celtic. You've got to look at that date as having uh, fans. Well, obviously there's going to be a full house from uh, Hearts there, so surely there's going to be away fans allowed in as well. That could be an absolutely fantastic game, depending on how the two sides continue their form. But yeah. <laughs> I think that if what you're saying uh, about the, the clean sheets, etc. Kate Gordon is a phenomenal goalkeeper. The return of John Shooter has helped out massively. But, you know, Kate Halkett was a right good player. Uh, I think he lost his way a little bit. I think um, there was a few poor performances. But playing alongside Shooter, he's only going to get better. Michael Smith is one of the most underrated players in Scotland. I, I mean, the fact that he's still at Hearts is an absolute... I don't know. I don't know because he's... Yeah. I, I don't, I'm surprised that no one from the Championship down south ever thought they'd taken a chance on him because he is consistently 7 or 8 out of 10 and he can Definitely. play upper positions. He's a phenomenal footballer. I think he's one of the best in the league. And then you've got Alex Cochran who's came in the list. I'd say he's been fantastic. You know, like Stephen Kingsley as well. So like building from the back is very important. I think we look at uh, Benning... Beningame that's coming, uh, I will be able to say that eventually. <laughs> but that's he's he's very assured in his opening two games with the club. And look, with boys up top, you know you're going to get goals. So there is there is uh, rumours of I've forgotten his first name, but I'm sure his surname is Devlin. Devlin, this yeah. This guy on Newcastle Jets. Cameron Devlin, uh, is it? Cameron Devlin, there you go, um, out in Australia, and apparently he, you know, we're talking about creativity, he would be absolutely fantastic to slot into that role, uh, provides a sort of all-action type. Yeah, I've heard I've heard mixed reports exactly what it's like, it seems a lot of people are, are, are kind of thinking he's almost a bit of a hybrid, that he's not quite a, he's not quite a, a 10, but he's not quite a defensive midfield player, he's very much a sort of box-to-box sort of... Yeah, kind of a bit, a bit of everything. I wouldn't class them as that. I still think they need a ten, an out and out ten. But perhaps it's a, it's a step more in the direct. You know, a more of a step in that direction. Uh, certainly, Callum. So, um, 
And I think Nielsen was also in a striker as well, I think I was reading Cal. Um, well, that is news to me, but I think I think something different up front would, would definitely be something that you're looking at because Boyce and Nanduli, they're both, I mean, big, big strikers, so you're wanting maybe something different, uh, a little bit of pace. Uh, yeah. That can play on, I don't know. Uh, but I, I was thinking that even if you wanted to go little and large up top or something like that, I think that's fair, Cal, because I look at Nandwili, he wants the ball into feet and or the ball crossing the box. I think a boys quite similar. Um, have they got anybody in behind that's really going to stretch the game? When it's uh, that, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's maybe a fair point. Yeah, okay then. Right, so it's uh, it's cup action this weekend. I always, always find this one a bit annoying. I always, uh, How many times have we said that about Edinburgh City in games? It, it seems, you know, the Challenge Cup and things that, that seem to arrive after a good start in the league we've mentioned this a lot of times and this fixture always annoys me for the Hibs and Hearts because that's both teams two from two and then this little game gets chucked in so for me it's a probably come at the wrong time uh, for two reasons one reason for Hearts is the fact that they're two from two in the league it'd be nice to get in a league fixture but I watched Celtic yesterday and they're almost getting better every game so this is going to be a this is going to be a real tough one I think for Hearts to be honest see for me I look at it <coughs> Like just uh, in the complete reverse, I think that it's a bit of a free hit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a free hit, yeah. absolutely. Um, look, uh, Celtic are again in European action on Thursday, so like there could be a little bit of a hangover. Hearts are better than Dundee, so even though like Celtic scored six yesterday, I don't think that the Hearts will give Celtic the amount of opportunities that that Celtic were gifted yesterday. I think that obviously. Celtic will be a different team than the one that played at Tynecastle a few weeks ago. McCarthy's come in, Joe Hart's come in, uh, the boy Surahashi always Hatcher yesterday. So, and I know that apparently they're looking, they're still on the lookout for more players. But for me, it's just about going there, having having a go, maybe just do something different. There's no point in sitting back and getting beat two 0 uh, Just go try try and dictate to play you know try and get on the ball first and foremost and see what happens I still think that there's mistakes in that Celtic back line and when the chances do come along Hearts have to look at taking them yeah. well they've certainly got to utilise you know what Celtic have been marginally better this season so far but Hearts winner comes from a set piece I think Dundee's only chance yesterday that I can remember in the game watching it was a, a, head, a free header from about Eight yards out, that we just went over the bar. So for me, utilize set pieces. It's going to be difficult. They're going to have to be defensively very good. And again, this probably resorts back to what we we're saying, Callum. Is it might be good to have a striker with that little bit more pace because Celtic do bomb their fullbacks actually in the middle of the pitch. So they do, they can be. I think on the counter attack, perhaps be exposed at times. And we've seen that in the, the Hearts' first goal at Tynecastle. They they win the ball back and they play a quick ball forward early for for Ginelli. So, um. Counter-attack could be key, so again, if they had somebody up up front with loads of pace, that could really put in their hands, but I mean, I've seen a lot today, Calm about Twitter, it's been a quite a long time since Hearts picked up a picked up a win at, at Parkhead, isn't it, so? Well, I think, uh, although to be fair, I can I can always remember League Cup wins, um, that, mm. that Hearts, and I'm sure, I remember watching one on the, the BBC where Mikey Stewart scored a penalty. Right. I'm sure. Um, 
and I think there was uh, Valichka got a double in another League Cup game but uh, yeah, I think uh, I don't know who it was that uh, I don't know if it was the the guys that that scars are in the funnel podcast or if it was um, the boy that does that on the it run, but it was you know like what are your memories of Parkhead mm. and a lot of the replies were yeah I've seen us win there once once yeah twice yeah a lot of where well, I saw us win there in the ninety eight cup final yeah so, yeah, yeah yeah. yeah. So certainly, it, it, I think you're right, Calm. It is a real free hit, um, and go there and maybe just try and do something a little bit different. Um, I, I like that idea. Okay, right. On to Hibs then, and they've also backed up that fine opening day that away win against Motherwell with, you know, I put I and Calm. You got to bang on. You predicted three 0 Hibs. I predicted a bit of a a bit of a closer one just because of that European game on Thursday night. If they go that first though, Calm, last Thursday. That uh, Europa Conference League, Hibs, Hibs should be in a really strong position going over to Croatia. It's a little bit of a, if I touch that game first, that's a, a real missed. I know you tweeted it, Cam, a real missed opportunity for Hibs to maybe have a two goal advantage there. Uh, yeah, I think there was there was chances a lot. Of, I think there was four, uh, four shots in the first half that Hibs had that were pretty much right down the throat of the keeper, and then Lewis Stevenson hits the post, which you know this. I think it was just that was, that was all in the first half and then in the second half there was I think Hibs could have, should have had a penalty at one point uh, you know Daniel Mackay misses that chance at the last minute but you know you're not going to be too harsh on a young laddie uh, Hibs had enough chances in that game to win three or four games I think it was frustrating coming away thinking oh, but at the same time look there's absolutely nothing to fear going over to Rijeka I think that uh, if that was them at their best, I, I don't think that they're, they're as good as they, they potentially think that they are. And, you know, Hibs came away from the game, and to be fair, fantastic game yesterday against Ross yeah. County. Purely, yeah. you know, it was in three goals in 11 minutes, but it also just gave Hibs the opportunity to, you know, in that second half, Hibs played within themselves, I would, I would say. And if any time Hibs did lift it, cut through Ross County and it was just a perfect sort of confidence builder for for going away and look I'm, I'm not going to nail my colours to the mast but I genuinely think that the Hibs have a, a really good chance of coming through this time Yeah I've uh, I've been really impressed really really impressed in all three games so far Cal. Um and there's not you know <laughs> you know me at times I'm, I'm often the one that's thinking it's uh uh, nightmares around the corner but I've been really impressed I really like the look of this Hibs team this year um, all three games going forward yet yeah, defensively I said it's so you know, defensively I'm still concerned at times but it's, it seems to be more just individual almost errors that creep in I, I don't think I don't think it's a I don't think it's a structural issue in the, you know a lack of almost organisation or a, or a it just seems to be our defenders just switch off or it's a lack of concentration that's it's nothing that Jack Ross is doing wrong. To be quite honest, you can't. I don't think you can point the finger in that in that at his way. Uh, and I think we've looked really good going forward. Boyle is finally for me. Every time he gets the ball, he looks like something's going to happen, which has been good. That's been three games in a row that that seems to be the case. Um, and no Nisbet yesterday as well. But yet Hibbs still looked really good going forward. Hopefully that injury is just a dead leg and it 
and it eases off and, he, and he's back for, for Thursday. But Jamie Murphy's looked good. But the standout, again, from what I've seen, Callum, my, my stream wasn't great at times yesterday. It kept cutting out at times. But I've been really impressed with Josh uh, with um, McGuinness again. Outstanding. I think you know Kevin this uh, so just to address the Kevin this point, you got injured last Thursday and you know, he, he tried to stay on but he was just sort of running a bit gingerly. So I think that he will be alright for um for Thursday night. But you know, Kevin McGuinness has been absolute revelation. Uh you know, I was sitting in the car like, driving home today and I was like, Oh, what am I gonna say about Hibbs uh, and I genuinely, I know that this will be widely mocked, but I think this is the best midfield Hibs have had since McGinn, McGee, or Allen. Mm. Uh, and that's what Scott Allen on the bench, who, when he comes on, looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, the the one that's really impressed me is Jake Doyle Hayes because yeah. he's, he, he surprised me when he signed, but. As a footballer, he is he's fantastic. I think he's everything that you want in a, in a central midfielder. He's it's not afraid to put a tackle in, but he's, he's just his vision, uh, his ability passing the ball is so so good. You know, he just keeps the game moving constantly. I don't think he's wasted a pass yet. He just and what else I like as well, Cam is is you're bang on, Cal. Sorry, no, you're, you're bang. I was just I was just going to say yeah. You, you say it doesn't waste a pass and something quite often you think oh he doesn't waste a pass because he keeps passing it sideways or backwards when he came on against Motherwell he was passing forward into the striker's feet as well and that's what I really liked he's not he's safe but he's he knows when it, he knows when it needs to go forward as well that's what I've picked up as well that's what I like about him well I think um, for, for me the, I saw a comparison on Twitter and uh, he's basically he's a better Dylan McGeoch for me mm. uh that's and Dylan McGill was fantastic at Hibs so I think I, honestly Jake Dolly Hayes won't be at Hibs for long I think he's a phenomenal footballer mm. uh, but it's honestly that midfield's so so good getting the ball moving and Hibs for for last parts of last season we would sit and go look what what are Hibs looking to do here where's where's the identity what's the game plan what's the system What's this? Whereas now, it's 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 pretty obvious, you know. There's, we're going to move the ball through the midfield. We're going to press when the opportunity is there to press. Because there was times where you know Hibs let Ross County knock the ball about in the back of it, but then there was other times when like you know four or five hunting in packs and just winning uh, throw-ins, getting the ball back high at the park, and it was just it was good football to watch because they went Hibs. On, and I know look, Ross Kennedy weren't brilliant but when when Hibs turned it on Hibs were really really good yesterday yeah and as well it's 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 goals you look at all no real goal is identical at the moment from Hibs it's you've got full backs that are delivering assists you've got you know Scott, Scott Allen comes on on Thursday night and he's slipping passes through I know the one you, you mentioned there because in my head Mackay's chance you know, so you've got midfielders that are slipping in strikers, but then you've got fullbacks crossing in for for midfielders making late runs into the box. There's such a variety, so it's uh, it's looking really good. One more point I want to mention as well, Cal, watching that game yesterday was that was how important it is that Hibbs, if Doig does go, um, 
I know it's gone quiet. We spoke about that last week's podcast. How it's gone a little bit quiet, and it's still quite quiet. But uh, the difference that he brings to that Hibs that Hibs team is is is, is frightening. Stevenson, listen, he does it. He does a job, but when he gets the ball, he can't go past his opposition fullback. He's not got the pace to do it. He he gets the ball. He's accurate with his passes. He is, but he's very much a a supporting fullback. Whereas you watch when Hibs are in possession, how high up the park Josh Doig was all the time yesterday, hugging that touchline away out on the far side, stretching the Ross County defence. Um, if he does go, it's absolutely imperative that Hibs somehow find a fullback of the same ilk or the same the same uh, style as Josh Doig. And again, he gets an assist that will only help him uh, add another zero on his. Uh, on his transfer fee for me, like. <laughs> um, look, basically, exactly what you're saying there. There's a moment, I think it was about the 85th minute, you know, the game is basically done, and Josh Lloyd just picks the ball up on the halfway line. Yeah. And goes for a run, goes past three uh, Ross County players, takes him 40 yards up the park, yeah. you know, wins a third and it's just, it's, it was effortless for him, you know, um, he was absolutely phenomenal yesterday, but I think that, you know, if he does go, um, it goes for I think everyone's best wishes. But um, if you're Hibs, look at Jamie Robson at Dundee United. That's exactly what funny. That's what exactly what I said on at half time on actually at half time on uh, on Saturday was I tell you what if if Josh Doyle does go I'll be looking at him. Um, but I think you're right, Calm. I mean that I've not seen a fullback at Hibs. That run, uh, I can remember it so clearly. You said that he got the ball and he just glided past players like they weren't there. I've not seen that since David Murphy, circa two thousand and uh, two thousand and five, roughly. That have been calm going back that long, was it? Roughly. Yeah, it was in four. It was his first season. Yeah. He's still, still your favourite Hibs player, isn't he? Oh, he's got to be up there. Like, effortless, and like you say, calm. And it's just moments like that you just know that 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 you know he picks up the ball, like you say, Josh Doig. He picks up the ball, goes past three or four men, wins a throw in sixty yards up the park, and yeah, he's he's not going to beat Easter Road long if it's not this transfer window. It's going to be a transfer window soon. Um, okay, then. So Thursday night, then you're you're positive. You think you can have you can Hibs can go over there. Honestly, I think that I think that Hibs can go over there and get. Yeah, result. I think it'll be different uh, because obviously Rijeka will have a different game plan. I think that um, obviously they'll look to be on the front foot a lot more. But they they certainly had a little bit of the ball and they they, they had their own sort of build up. The Hibs let them have the ball a little bit on Thursday night. So I don't I don't think that there's going to be many things that um, will surprise Hibs. I just think that even if Hibs are sort of camped in the the out ball to. Martin Boyle and Jamie Murphy with their pace going on the counter attack that, that could be huge and look for for the Scottish coefficient we're, we're wanting you know as many teams as possible to progress so you know well like St Johnston and Aberdeen and like if Hearts were in Europe you know you want like the, the normal clubs to progress no the two through <laughs> through that <laughs> uh, and then Sunday it's Kilmarnock this will, be, this will be an interesting test actually because Kilmarnock uh, oh you're shaking your head here but I'm just meaning in terms of them they, they've got that I think they've almost had to press that reset button I think as a club after it so they'll be seeing this as a potential oh. Evie McGinn in centre mid get them in the bin Hibs next <laughs> ok well, it should be is Lafferty still Kilmarnock is he off I, 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 I couldn't 
tell you where he is, but no, he's not. He's not a killer anyway. Um, Ennis Cameron, he's a he was a he was at Hibs, was he not? Was it Ennis Cameron? No, it's Ennis. They've got somebody from Hibs, I think, on loan. I think. You mean Murphy, Fraser Murray? I'm sure they've got someone else as well. Maybe he's a different team. Fraser Murray, oh Fraser Murray's there. I know that. Fraser Murray's there. They've got Jason Maysmith as well. Yeah. I'm sure there's a boy. Uh, I'm sure it's in this. In this month. But Murray, sorry, but I don't know where he is. He was at Hibs. I don't think he is anymore. All right, maybe I've. I'm in a. I'm in the process of moving house, guys. I'm a bit. My head's all over the gaff. Uh, anyway, so you think you think uh, could be a massive Thursday night for Hibs, and then a comfy one Sunday. We'll see if your uh, predictions follow suit. Right. We're halfway through, Cam already, 30 odd minutes in, so we better get on to the better get on to the Lone League. So let's start with the table toppers then. They've uh, what have they gone what are they now? Four five wins in a row. Five wins in a row for uh, Gary Jardin's civil service. And let's be honest, we were all expecting it. Um I think Well, we're all expecting a no, we're expecting the win at the weekend, sorry. Maybe not expecting it to be top of the league after six games, but Back there, we expect them to make it five, five out of six, and that's for sure against Vale. Um, and uh, by all accounts, it could have it could have been more comfortable than it was. Seven uh, one in the end. Um, lots of players getting the score sheet. The only thing that would be disappointing would obviously not getting a clean sheet. But what more can you say? I mean, they couldn't have asked for a for a better start, but but they will because they'll still think back to that Dalbiti game and think, God, what could have been if we'd even picked up a, a win in that kind of 50-50 game they could be 6 on 6 and incredible but listen another great 3 points it just keeps this sort of nice run going Cal yeah I mean look uh, to use a few cliches winning breeds confidence yeah. and that's that's clearly what they've got I think that Gary's got a team that maybe there's a few unknowns there especially in his strikers and teams teams don't know how to deal with them uh, I said last week on the podcast that I wanted um, a big score and you know Vail would be in tears I didn't actually think that he would leave but um, there you go two two seven goal uh, games back to back so I'm not surprised it'll be interesting to see who comes in there because it's always interesting with you know when Bunyuni are, are down at the bottom of the table just now so we'll see we'll see what happens there but I think, look, Civil, that's a fantastic result. Uh, you know, I've, I think that Jack, Jack Blakey, worst thing he could have done on his return to <laughs> Ellis, opened the scoring, must have made Civil mad, to use an old joke that my dad says about David Neri scoring against Brazil in the 1982 World Cup. But, <laughs> uh, look, it's a great result, and it's, if I'm honest, I think that's the first time Civil have scored seven since we've been covering the podcast. I know it was a six nil against Vault House the was a, two years ago, but that's that's a that's a big win, you know. Not um like so not just because, you know, it's a six goal victory, but Civil have won those games in the past like three, four, one. Yeah. You know, they've been covered, but you know, going and Properly thumping a team. Yeah, they've never they've never been ruthless in those games, have they? They've always they've always always been quite respectable wins, rather than really yeah. really going out there and and making a statement because that that that's a statement that that is a statement win. That is that's that's civil saying. Look, 
you know, because you know, we'll, we'll talk about obviously East Sutherland this weekend, but um, you know, East Sutherland beat Vale one 0 Yeah, and I think that's the thing about when you have when Civil have signed players like that they have young, hungry players that are that may have had. Um, they may have had setbacks in the past. You know, I look at the, the lad Baldy who's been at uh, he's been at, at Rangers and he's you know had a setback there. So he's he's looking to impress and and it's maybe that ruthlessness and that eager to please, eager to impress, really wanting to make a statement. Which yeah, they're young and of course there's going to be inconsistencies there. But when they're confident, they're, they're striking when the iron's hot. And I'm 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 really liking how how Civil are set up this year. I do think that of course there'll be there'll be some low points in, over the course of the season. There always are, but um, I'm really I'm just really enjoying what I'm what I'm seeing and, and what I'm hearing coming out from the from the Christie Gillis right now. I'm looking forward to actually going down and and taking in a game soon because I'm it seems to be a really really good place to go to go and watch a game right now, Cal. Yeah, I mean, look, this it just it, keep, it keeps getting better. You know, there's there's no other way to look at it. I think that. We, we joked earlier on this season about you know how, how well Civil are doing but you know this this run they're on is you know very very good and I think Vale is one of those games that, I don't know they could have just taken their eye off the ball having played you know not to be too disrespectful but you know they played bigger teams in the league and then you know maybe take their eye off the ball maybe that's how um, Vale took the lead but I mean they bounced back phenomenally 7-1 like you say, ruthless, great words, great words to describe it. And they go into the fixture this weekend and look, this is, there's been some fantastic games between East Sutherland and Civil over the past few years. And I think that this could be, this could be another great opportunity for Civil to, to put a mark on there. Yeah, I actually think, yeah, I think it's, in terms of our teams, I think it's game of the weekend, personally. Um all the teams that our six teams involved it's certainly my game of the weekend a Shire team that spoke so much in times gone by about how they were going to put so much finance in to get back into back into League 2 and they they are one of the I would say they're, they're going to be in that group of maybe six that think that they'll be up there challenging for the league I think there's about that many teams that will think that they've got a real good chance so again it's one of these games that could this be another team that fall victim to to Civil's little run that they're on? I think this is a great game. It's through it. Uh, it's through at at Easton, isn't it, Carl? It's away from home. Yeah, it's the focus. Thing. Yeah, again, I think that falls into Civil's hands in that way. Yeah, because look, it's going to be Easton are going to be expecting to have a lot of the ball. Civil have already proven that they can go and win. Uh, you know, beat Rangers away, beat Easton Bride away, so. They'll be more than happy to sit and absorb as much press as possible. And you know the way they're playing right now, you wouldn't not you're not going to knock back them to take the chance when it comes along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, great start, great start for the club, and it's uh, yeah, long me that, long me that, me this run continue. It's good to see a team that that no, but again, not many people are speaking about this start because you know across sort of social media and things, you know, I think people within. Within the Christie Gillis and within when Civil are are uh, you know really uh, contempl- you know complimenting each other and performances how well they're doing but there's not many noises coming out from from uh, from other people so it's it's, it's important that they're recognised because this start is incredible for a team that have got 
and I'll say this, I think they will have probably the lowest budget in the league. It'll certainly be down in the bottom. It'll certainly be, if it's not the lowest, if it's not the lowest, it will certainly be in the in the bottom three, I would imagine, of the league, without question. So it just shows you what you can do, um, what, what, you, what, what can be done. It, it does help with, you know, you might have not have the most money, but it does help to have, you know, one of the best managers. Yeah, okay. Right, on to Spartans then, and again, they just go about their, their business quietly calm. You were at the game on Saturday. I think the way you described it was um, effective, would probably be the best way that you could uh, describe it, really. Well, I think, like, look, is, is, is that a game that I'm going to want to rewatch and analyse over and over again? No. As was the performance that Spartans put on full of flair and excitement, etc.? No. Was it professional and effective in getting them three points? Yes. What matters at the end of the day? Getting the three points. And that's that's what Spartans did. It was, yeah. you know, it was um, Broomhill, formerly the artist, formerly known as BSC. They were uh, a bogey team for Spartans for large periods of time. But, you know, they're, they're not what they used to be at this moment in time. And I think that Spartans, I don't know, it was like, <laughs> It was professional. Are you seeing a different side the Spartans though? Because how many times, Callum, have you come away from? I'm thinking of a game against Bonnerig when they were two one up with, with with not many not long to go. The amount of times that we've been at Broom, uh, BSC games against Spartans, g- games of that ilk where they have played decent and they have been the better team, but they've come out with nothing at the end of it. Are you seeing a? Was it just a what was it just a, a boring game, or are you just seeing a different? Spartans in terms of maybe playing a little bit different, battling a little bit more and, and winning ugly if you know what I'm kind of saying I, th- I think I think both teams uh, because obviously Spart- uh, Spartans have made a few signings uh, this year so I don't know if they've yet to find their, their sort of rhythm and a style of play because well that's that's certainly the case for Broomhill but uh, I think that it was it, it was it was a dull game, and I don't I don't want to sit here and think that that's how Spartans are going to play. But it was effective, so you know, a that's what matters more. Yeah. And I, I, you can't you can't blame Dougie for putting on a, a performance where they've got the three points, another clean sheet, Blair Carswell two hundredth appearance. Um, he had absolutely I was going to say he had nothing to do, but he had very little to do in the game. I think you know there was the mix up at the back with the long ball, and the boy um, I forgot his name sort of not to pass uh, Carswell probably should score. Bolo comes in the trap door, gets it away, and I just think that other than that, Broomhill were pretty tame up front, mm-hmm. and Spartans like when they got their chances. Were clinical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Ruthless seems to be a, a yeah. word that's coming up uh, regularly here. You know, Henderson, seen Henderson's go back, you know, simple as you like, absolute tapping, and then uh, a gift from the, the, the Broomhill goalkeeper for, to Dishington for, for the second. So, again, it, it's, it's it's kind of what we've been saying all along so far is, is Spartan just going about this quietly? They're tucked in nicely. Um, yeah, they've scored four goals in a couple of games, but they're not. From what I, you know, the game that I seen, it it, it was just it, it's effective. It's just effective what they're doing right now. Um, 
like you say, Calm, you're not blown away by the by what, what you've seen, but you know what? All that matters is three points and they're scoring goals and they're keeping goals out at the other end. So that's all that matters. Um I did hear that, 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 that again though, I think I mentioned that um I think in a previous podcast is is this first half performance, Calm, because by all accounts Broomhill had the better chances in the first half and it seems that Spartans are a bit slow at the traps, almost. I don't know because I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that they had, you know, like the better chances and that. You know, there was a um, boy shot wide in a good position, should have done better. Uh, but and then there was obviously the the chance that I mentioned earlier. But I just think that there, there wasn't a lot of goal mouth action. Yeah. It was. It, it was. It was a war of attrition, really, because mm. it fields just were battling away. Like, there wasn't a lot of free flowing football, a good attacking play. I mean, Carswell had what, one one save, and it was like a cross come shot. The boy uh, Bar in the in the Broomhill goal had nothing really to do. I think. I mean, he had a couple right down his throat, not a problem, you know. But look, this was a game where last week I said it's a yardstick to see where Spartans are. And they've passed that test with flying colours. Yeah. And look, it might not be an exciting watch, but look, I, I sit here and say if, to, about every other team that three points is all that matters. So I can't yep. change my mind. That's it. Buttons in three points was all that mattered, yeah. and they got them. Yeah, and there's still time. There's still time for these, you know, because there's still new players in that Spartan squad, so still blending, still time to get that uh, to get that flair going. But um, yeah, there we are, effective. Um, for them, it's Dalbiti. So this this for me is a really interesting game. It, it was it was close to being my game of the week, but it's just pipped to to the civil one. So Dalbiti, who lost their first game of the season at the weekend, um, for me Dalbiti so far have had fifty fifty games, games where if the I think I've said that all. I think you said maybe one win you'd give them. The uh, the proper pat on the back for, but for me, if if they'd picked up one of these results once a month over the course of the season, I don't think many anybody would be really shouting from the rooftops about it from the from the games that they've won. But fair play because where Dalbiti have come from, you know, in the past couple of years, I think of course winning winning five out of six is a is a is a big pat on the back for them. But uh, Spartans travel down to Islecroft. This, for me, is a really interesting game. They're going to have to have that defensive uh, sort of ruth- defensive resoluteness about them uh, because I think Russell Curry that, that uh, Dalbiti brought in from, I think it was Dalbiti actually, uh, quite a young... Uh, Annan, sorry. Brought him in from Annan, should I say. Um, young lad, but he's uh, hit the ground running in the lone league, so... It's a little test for me for Spartans, but it's a game that Spartans should be going down there and picking up three points. There's no doubt about that. I think I think Spartans need to go down there and win. I think um, I, I agree with what you said about that we start. I mean, take nothing away from it, but it's you know it's not as impressive as Sibbles. Um, You know they've not they've not beat top top teams. So I think I think Spartans Spartans need to go down there and like. I said that it was a bit of a yardstick last week. This is more of a, you know, where are you? Where are you? Where do you see yourselves, Bart? Do you see yourselves as title challengers or are you just happy to make up the numbers in the top eight or whatever? Mm. You know, and go down there and win, then that is a, that is a big, big statement. Yeah, 
Because again, Callum, we've said, I'm still tipping Rangers, I think, to be right up there. Um, I'm, I'm still predicting Rangers will be right up there. So again, and the fact that these teams can't go up, even finishing second may not be bad. So East Kilbride already are a long way behind the likes of Spartans. I know they've got games in hand, but if Spartans can go to places like Dalby, teams that are on a high and go and pick up three points, that could be huge over the course of the season. Really, really big game for, for Spartans this weekend. Uh, Embra Uni Callum and predicted it. You thought they could take points off uh, off Gala. So one one. I think uh, look what, what we've said about Embra Uni in these sort of games is when there's a little chance they've got to take advantage of it. And I think that's exactly what they've done there. Um they're probably looking at Gala and so I don't think there was many people who had the uni getting getting a wee point or three uh, in, in, in terms of the prediction league. But that's that's a great result for them. You know, already two points clear of their leading. They've had two solid results at home and they've yet to play Vale, which is almost a guaranteed six points for them. So <laughs> I think looking at it, Luke Spellman was back amongst the goals at the weekend, which again is massive because of how good he is so I think that a really positive result for Edinburgh Uni at the weekend there was mm. there was chances uh, that they could have they could have won won the game but yeah just just coming off the back of a couple of big defeats you know uh, the 6-1 to the next etc uh, 4 0 Spartans a couple of big defeats they bounced back they kicked the back door shut back was the big man's back was goals I think that's an impressive performance Calm. I, I don't want to sound like a broken record here, but it's a couple of times we've mentioned the importance of Spellman this season. He scored a goal last week uh, again, and he's backed up. And I said, I said a really early tweet about how important just finding a goal scorer is going to be for Embraer Uni, and it really looks like they have found them. I was really gutted that I didn't. Man- he was injured for that game against Spartans. He only got the last maybe ten minutes. But he put himself about there and he made it awkward for... I know the game was done, but he made it awkward for centre-half. So, Callum, you're bang on. Finding this talisman that they've got so far. Um, big lad, young, quite aggressive looking. Uh, aggressive in his play. Again, it's just little goals like that. How big is that going to be come the end of the season? Because you're right, I was a little bit... Because you just don't know what happens now with Vale. They could just... They, could, they might end up just finding someone that's got a tie with, like... Hearts or something, and suddenly they get a loads of little loads of players from Hearts on loan or something. Then it's a totally different Vale team. Do you know what I'm saying? You just don't know what what's going to happen there. So it's important that they pick up points over the course of the season. Cam, I'm conscious of time, but tough game for uh, for Embry Uni this weekend. It's the biggest one of the biggest free hits that, that Uni will have. Eh? Yeah, look, this this is not one that Dorian's marked on the calendar as look. We're getting points here. Let's go out, have some fun, see what we can do. <laughs> Callum, you only have fun in football when picking up three points. For you. That's the only time you have fun. But listen, I've seen Bonner. I've seen. I've played against Bonnerig, and I have, uh, you know, seen Bonnerig lot on lots of occasions. You do kind of know what you're going to get from Bonnerig. They're going to get the ball forward. They're going to play in your half. They're going to play off second balls. They're going to. Guaranteed to get a penalty. All these things are gonna, <laughs> all these things. But they get the ball forward early. They don't muck about with the ball at the back. They don't get caught in possession in their in their own half. 
they get the ball forward, they play in your half. So it's so important that, that Uni stand up to that, win first and second balls, and how important it might be just to get the ball forward early yourself to the big man Spellman. I think bon, that could be a really nice contest with Bonner like centre halves. Big Spellman, can he win these battles up there? I'm looking forward to seeing that. I don't think I don't think that uh, anyone is going to relish playing uh, against him this season. Yeah, yeah, big pacey, uh, and he, he's got an eye for a goal as well. Okay, right, City. Um, yeah, well, I predicted two 0 and it was. Um, and I can't see I'm you know I can't see I'm not su- <laughs> well I'm not surprised because I predicted it uh, one 0 down after. Um, no, you didn't. You predicted three one for that. I'm sure I said the same result as the opening day 2-0 I'm positive I said no. that like that's what I said I'm going to have to watch this back like anyway I predicted a, I'm going to have to listen to that one back <laughs> uh, anyway I predicted a, I predicted a, a win for 4-4 1-0 down after just shy of 2 minutes Cal tone, tone is set and I know that, that, that Naismith said that they they had a decent spell after that goal even falling behind they showed decent character have a decent spell and I look at the highlights back Hanlon puts a great ball in from a free kick and could easily have found you know I can't couldn't quite remember who it was almost got themselves at the end of it but it somehow eh, it was cleared and they were in the game in the first half but you know and let's be honest we're we're not seeing anything out of hand here because you're looking Calm you'll see it as well online that the comments we're seeing from supporters of City as well they're concerned as well it's it's not just us that are saying this it's it's just not looking great right now. I think the big thing, what was it, Naismith uh, had an uh, article in the news a couple of weeks ago, start of the season, and he was talking about how some of the players are really young, uh, you know, uh, we might not get the best out of them every week, etc, etc. And he was going in with a defeatist, sort of, there was his excuses already uh, in the evening news. And... From what you've seen so far, that's that's why it's almost as if he knows that that's that's what he's done. I, I don't know. I, I still look that um, he took a massive chance in the summer because he let so many players go, and we said, "Look, we'll judge him on results." So far, it has not been good enough. Edinburgh City are looking like they're in for a battle to avoid the drop. They're the only team in League Two without a point. It's it's a long season. And right now, you know, you're not wanting to be doom and gloom. But we said last week the start's difficult. This Friday night, it's not getting any easier. Um, it's funny, raise it up, Calum. We've got a wee bit of time left. But this Friday night thing, how do you think this is going to pan out, Calum? Because how many times have I said in this podcast that midweek games are a leveller? And uh, it's going to be really interesting how, how this... I loved playing Friday night football personally. But it really is that leveller because it might be good when they're playing against an Elgin at home on a Friday night because these boys could be travelling down. But when you're playing like against Steny and things, it's, it's it really is it's, it's a total leveller for me. And it's really interesting how this pans out over the course of the season. I don't know. I don't know. And I think that they've got the price structure all wrong. Um, the price was shot up because uh, I was looking at maybe going along on Friday night and they're wanting 14 quid off you. I'm sitting there going for League Two football. Come on, let's. Um, so I mean, I, th- I don't know if it, they've moved. To, I know that they've moved to Friday night at Ainsley Park because um, 
Middlebag's not ready. They, they gave up the leasing session, but it's it's something that you're looking at in terms of Friday night football. Maybe you're wanting a crowd in with Hibs and Hearts fans or whatever. Know at that price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think so. I, I'd probably I'd agree with you. Fourteen is is a decent sum, and if the point of it is to try and get people to go along to give City a chance because I think listen I love watching that level of football I think it's a, it's a it's a game that you can you can relate to and you're close to the action and you can hear you can hear what the, the, the managers and the players are saying the things it's it's it's, it's I, I love going to watch that level of football um, but the price might put some people off I probably agree with that Cal um, I think the sign of John Robertson though I think that's a good signing I think it was important that City brought somebody in uh, up front as well and by all accounts, he was. Um, sorry, what's that, Cal? Is he not a bit too old? <laughs> not that one. Not that one. But this young lad from St Johnston, uh, no, apparently he did well. A real bit. Looked a real positive. Sitting, listen to reports from supporters at the weekend. So uh, it was important that they, they signed further striking options, and uh, that I think will be a decent signing actually for City. So um, good bit of business done there. Uh, Ray, we've got a couple of minutes left, Cal. Really quickly, Steny Friday night. It's going to be a tough game. A team that we tipped to be up there. They've not had the best start though, but this will be a tough uh, game. Slow, slow start. They're sitting, um, was it one defeat, one draw? I think they'll be targeting this game. Uh, this, is, this is a big opportunity for them. It's a big opportunity for City. Uh, hopefully, it goes the right way. All it takes, Callum, is one win for City, and suddenly I think it all uh, changes. We're just waiting for that result. Staney, on the other hand, you know, they were looking for a a swift return to, to League One, you know, they were looking to get swift uh, swift points on the board, but it's just not been that way so far. That was shocking. <laughs> that was shocking. <laughs> see, see if you said swift points on the board, then it would have been fine, but swift return to League One when they've not been in League One for a few years. <laughs> that, that, that. Okay, fair enough. I was just rack, racking my beans there. I guarantee he'll be on the path to Ainsley, uh, he'll be on the pitch. He loves that weird. <laughs> I'm surprised he wasn't involved in the Aberdeen one at the weekend. He just loves a pitch invasion. <laughs> some boy, some boy. Okay then, Cal, we've got just over a minute and 45 to go. So, predictions then. Uh, let's get right to it. Celtic versus Hearts. 3-1 Celtic. Yeah, I'm going to go for 4-1 Celtic. Uh, Hibs, Kelly. 2-0 Hibs. Yeah, I'll go 2-0 Hibs. I'm just going to copy you, actually, Calm. <laughs> the way this is going. <laughs> uh, right, Calm, what are we predicting here for City v Stenny? 2-1 uh, Stenny. I'm going to go for a 1-1 one, one this. I'm going to go for 1-1. One, one. Um, where will we be, Calm? First, Dalby. Bonnerig v Uni. 5-0 um, Bonnerig. I'll go for 4-0 Bonnerig. Dalbiti v Spartans uh, Spartans 2-1 Yeah I think they'll grind out a 2-1 as well And Shire versus Sybil um, oh, Come on Absolutely Here we go Sybil 3-2 I'm going to go for 1-0 Sybil There we are Right uh, There we have it You've got extra time here to get your predictions in but actually you almost don't because City are Friday night so you've got to get your predictions in thanks for listening hopefully another good week 
I've been Andrew, I've been John McCallum, and that was the Edinburgh Football Podcast.